0: Minnesota Vikings are trying to earn a playoff spot, and they currently sit as the sixth seed in the NFC. Can they get a win over the Las Vegas Raiders to improve their standing? Can they win the NFC North? If they're going to do any of those things, it starts on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, where they need to beat the Raiders. So we're going to talk about how they can do that here on the Real Forno Show.
1: To the Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Bornis. The managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack Run-In Shooter. Host of the good, the bad, and the hungry. On the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Gold.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornes, and with me, as always, in the top right corner, is producer Dave, and it's almost like he's in The Shining today, because all you can see is a silhouette of his face. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing good. Purposely sitting in the dark today, trying to get into the Raiders' mood so that we can focus in on what it takes to defeat them on
0: Sunday. And it's going to be a really interesting game because the Vikings, all they need to do is win. And if they win out, no matter what, they will at least have the sixth seed in the NFC. That's all they have to do. Win football games and you make the playoffs pretty simple, right? It is in contextually and conceptually, but that does not mean that it's going to equate effort. Does not always translate into wins. And they're going to have to utilize a lot of strategy. I mean, you guys know all this. It's They're going to have to perform in order to get those wins. They did not against the Broncos and the Bears. Because if they would have pulled both those games out, both of which I think you could argue the Vikings should have won. The Vikings are 8-4 and four and realistically are in contention for the NFC North. The Vikings are still in contention for the NFC North. They just need to be within two games on Christmas Eve. The first time that they play the lions and then the Vikings need to at minimum win the first two games or win the two games against the lions. If the uh, lions lose to the Cowboys on new year's Eve, the Vikings can lose to the green Bay Packers. And this is all theoretical, but all you have to do is win. You win your games. You take care of your own business and you will make it happen. And it starts on Sunday.
1: Well, if they win out and the Lions lose to the Packers, now the Lions have to get, they have a few tough games ahead of that. And they're not so healthy on defense. But if they lose to the Cowboys and we win out, we win the division.
0: Yes. Um, and I'm very, very excited to kind of see how this is going to manifest itself over the next few weeks. But, It all starts on Sunday, and the first thing we're going to talk about is quarterback Josh Dobbs. He was named the starter for Sunday's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Should he have been named the starter? You can make that argument, and we've made that argument here. I made that argument on Purple Daily on Draft, on the Purple Daily podcast and YouTube feeds, but Dobbs was the guy, and I think the rationale makes a little bit of sense. You have a bye week for him to get comfortable, for him to really reflect and get in a better headspace. Plus you get to see him with Justin Jefferson. I do think that if he struggles again, he's done. Um, I don't think this is, Hey, we're going to make you the starter for the rest of the year. No matter what, I think this is a situation where you think that you can extract more from him. So we're going to try and extract more from him and we're going to continue to do so. And one of the easiest ways you can do it is by implementing a game plan with your best player. And that is Justin Jefferson, who was returning after not having played football for the Minnesota Vikings for eight calendar weeks, missing seven games after injuring his hamstring on October eighth against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's been a long time since we get to see, uh, have gotten to see that special player. But the Raiders will have to deal with him, and honestly, I think this is going to make things a lot easier. Um, and we'll use this kind of as our first point. Um, the presence of Justin Jefferson should help both TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, as well as your secondary players like KJ Osborne, Brandon Powell. Why? They're not going to feel as much pressure. They're going to see easier coverage. They're going to see different coverage. It's a lot easier when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson on the outside because he's going to draw a lot of attention. It's, it's like you walk down the, the senior hallway in high school who are all the boys going to be talking to the popular girl. So you're going to know, Hey, you want to get down the hallway? You just avoid the popular girl. And that's kind of going to be something that the Vikings are going to try and attempt to do where they're going to see all the attention going on. Justin Jefferson, who metaphorically is the popular girl in this situation. And they're going to throw to their other receivers who are not going to be getting near as much. And I think that aspect is going to be very interesting but I also think Jefferson's going to get his because he is one of the best wide receivers in football and this cornerback room for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like it's fine, but it's not anything special. Jack Jones was just picked up off of waivers from the new England Patriots. The Vikings put in a claim for Jack Jones. Um, and you also have former Viking draft pick Marcus Epps, who's a, who's a starting free safety for him with Trevon Merrick on the other side, but Meek Robinson plays in the slot and Nate Hobbs is, um, your other uh, is your Nickelback. Look, it's not a great room. It just isn't, and this room can be exploited. But I will say, Antonio Pierce and this team have been playing extremely hard since Pierce took over. They are two and two, but they had a fourteen nothing lead on the Kansas City Chiefs. The game they lost, and they held the Miami Dolphins to twenty points in a the game they lost twenty to thirteen. This is a difficult football team to play, and the black hole is not quite what it used to be in Los Angeles or Oakland. But I will also say Raider fans are different. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. They are different. People talk about bleeding purple and gold. No, they really bleed silver and black. And it is an us against the world mentality. It has been ever since the late 60s, early 70s, when you had Al Davis versus uh, Pete Rozelle, And those wars, if you haven't watched the Al Davis documentary, I highly recommend it because the Raiders always thought they were getting screwed by the NFL. And there might be some merit to it. I'll let you kind of form your own opinion, but it's a, it's a great, great watch. And Dave, I don't know if you saw this, they're going to have a 30 for 30 documentary debut this Saturday. And it's going to be the, um, About the 1997 Heisman Trophy race. And I'm very excited about that. That's the only time time a defender has ever won. And he beat Peyton Manning. Why? Because Peyton Manning's a three time MVP of the Citrus Bowl. Shout out, Steve Spurrier. One of the best quotes of all time. That's why he returned for his senior year, Dave. want to be a three time MVP of the Citrus Bowl. And I I just, I don't know. I just love that quote. It's just phenomenal. Um, But I digress the Vikings are going to have opportunities to attack down the field. And we'll kind of move into our second point here. It's about Max Crosby. Max Crosby is one of the best pass rushers in all of football, but he doesn't get the recognition that you think an elite pass rusher would get. And there's reason for it. Is it good reason? I don't think so because tape is tape, but he's a fourth round pick out of Eastern Michigan. He kind of, he plays for the Raiders and the Raiders are somewhat of a forgotten team because they haven't really been good And one of the easiest ways to get individual recognition is by being on a good football team. That's why like the Packers kept getting recognition for a lot of their players when they were winning 10, 11, 12, 13 games a year because they're good. Good means national television. Good means exposure. And that's how you get noticed. Now, Max Crosby with a bunch of people watch a lot of film. Yeah, he is good and we know it and we talk about it a lot. But, oh, that's very nice, Alvin. Thank you. Um, my worthless opinion, I will say, before we kind of continue on with Max Crosby, it's not that every fan base isn't us against the world. It's just on a different level with the Raiders. It is. And uh, that's why I recommend, go watch that 30 for 30 on Al Davis. It's going to shed a light for you that's just different. Just go check it out. Um, so Max Crosby, fifth in pressures this year. I believe it, the number is 64, and he's just awesome. He, I don't believe he's missed a play yet this, this season, which, as an edge rusher, is bonkers. Even the best defensive lineman misplays because it is a brutal position. You are being driven around by offensive linemen. You are using explosive elements to your game consistently, it takes a physical toll. And to be able to play every single snap and continue to be a dominant force and effective is truly impressive. And he deserves all kinds of praise for it, Dave. However, I think that there's also opportunity, being that it's now week 14, to have guys like Christian Darrisaw and Brian O'Neill be able to hold him up they, they both flash elite football play. They do. One thing that they aren't is the most consistent in the world. Now, they're consistent. But then you have just duds. Uh, two weeks ago, um, Brian O'Neill, laid a dud. No, it was it was last week. Um, uh, no, what calendar-wise it was two weeks ago. Um, Montez Sweat kind of ate his lunch a couple times. And that impacted the game a lot because one of them was a second and ten it became a third and nineteen. Like O'Neal has been a model of consistency throughout his tenure with the Minnesota Vikings, but he has shown the ability to have a clunker. Same Christian Derrissau. They're not perfect, but now that they're facing one of the best edge rushers in the league, how are they going to respond? How are they going to make an impact? I think that's going to be a real intrigue here, Dave. And I know you love the big round bellies, um, as you can tell, but neither one of these guys really have a round belly, which is kind of weird. Uh, um, they've but, got
1: that. It's it's out there. It isn't smelt. You're not looking at Daniel Hunter type body. No.
0: Only Aaron Donald can weigh three hundred pounds and have a Daniel Hunter type body. It's just. It's not healthy. It's,
1: which side does Crosby line up on? He's a left defensive end, which means he lines up against O'Neill.
0: Yeah. I also think that he'll move around enough. Um, And I think that's part of it. He's going to be moved around. He's going to be doing some of these things. They like to ask him to attack different gaps at times, too. Like, they'll stunt him. They will do a lot to get him to get him in a position to make plays and they will ISO him. They will send blitzes on his side so he can get that one-on-one. It's not going to be as simple as, Hey, O'Neal is going to be the only guy having to lock him down. Ed Ingram's going to have to step up. You're going to have to find ways to do this. And I think the Vikings can, will they completely different question. I, I genuinely don't know where the Vikings will be when it comes to stopping TJ or um, Max Crosby, I think they may have TJ Hawkinson try to chip. I think they may um, have Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler do the same. It's not going to be as simple as these guys are on an Island, but they're going to be on an Island, a decent amount. And they're going to have to make stops. And they're both very capable. Brian O'Neill, I believe is made a Pro Bowl. Christian Derrissaw is one of the best emerging and rising stars at left tackle in the national football league he doesn't get a lot of praise for it nationally. And I think some of that has to do with um, some underlying factors. Like he doesn't, uh, he's, he doesn't go to um, he doesn't have like a popular coach, an offensive line coach, like for the off season. And that's a big deal because so many guys go to that guy. But when you look at Derrissaw's game, he plays like Trent Williams, not quite as consistent yet, but he's also only 23 years old. He's going to get there. And I when heard, he does get there... What
1: was it? PFF I was listening to this week. They expect both O'Neill and Derrissaw to be Pro Bowl first round Pro Bowl selections this year for the NFC. Ooh,
0: I, I would disagree. Um, especially when you take a look at the Pro Bowl voting. Because it, it's, it's different. It's not like you get three right tackles. You get three tackles. And I'll actually pull it up because we got sent this uh, earlier today in our office slack for um, USA Today. Tackle. Where is offensive tackle?
1: Because of how the rest of the league feels about those two, that they're going to be that third of the vote, the players. They'll be the ones that push both those guys up to the top.
0: Okay. Because um, neither one of them is top 10 in fan voting right now. And if and when you look at the top ten in fan voting, only three of them are in the AFC. So at best, Hunter and O'Neal are eighth in fan voting. That's kind of why I'm I'm not really sure. Like I'm just I I like the idea. I think that there is a lot of respect for them, but offensive tackle is such a position where you get in off of reputation. And I just don't see a scenario where both of them make it. I I think it's, if you were doing three left tackles, three right tackles, I don't see a world where both of them don't make it, but that's the pro bowl. They only take three guys at the position. And even so now they don't even actually play. Right. The only thing that Pro Bowl does now is it's a bonus and a contract, which is and then how they do the fifth year options, which is very, very dumb. But antiquated, I guess. I mean, it is what it is.
1: It is what it is, and it does go towards their contracts. That's a good question. What do the linemen do during the Pro Bowl week? You have your flag football, and that's seven on seven or whatever it is. And then you have other contests during the week. But the question is, what did the linemen do?
0: Would be interesting. That's a great question.
1: Um, I, I know they know. do.
0: I know uh, we watched some of it last year because we were at dinner while it was going on. And, and this was down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, which I'm hoping to go to again. But money's a little tight. So we'll we'll see if that ends up happening. Big thing there, they do like all those mini games, the obstacle courses, the like all that stuff—they're they're involved in that. But uh, like dodgeball, I think linemen get involved with in that too. Look, the Pro Bowl—it's meant to be fun. And it's meant to be for kids. It kind of blows. It sucks. It's the worst all-star game among all the major sports. Heck, I wish golf would have an all-star game. Like you can call like they sort of do. Uh, they do they? The PGA Championship? That's not an all-star game. That's. It so requires here, winning I, to get in. I, yeah, but an all-star game is, like that's just a major. It's not. It's, it's not at the end
1: of the season who are the best over
0: the season. I mean, it no, sure sort of is, but it's. Like, it, it's just another major that they, they kind of classifies. It. It's not an all-star game. Nobody views the PGA Championship as an all-star game. It's a major they view, tournament. They view it as a major. It's one of the four majors. Yeah, that's that's not an all-star game. You know what they should do? They should do like, you know how uh, they have um it's a drive chip putt where it's like the golf version of pump pass kick. Right, a skills competition. They should, they should do that kind of stuff. They should do like try to hit targets. They should do like stuff at top golf. That should be your all-star game. Get these guys in positions where, hey, we're gonna put you 220 yards out. You have a three iron. Get it close to the pin. That kind of stuff. Situational golf. That should be the all-star game. Will they ever do it? <laughs> Hell if I know, I'm not a golf guy, but they should. <laughs>
1: they do have driving they contests and closest to the hole. But they but do not they, they, they do not wrap the thing. They do not wrap it up in a in a fun type broadcast type deal.
0: Yeah, they That'd should do it, it all in compass. And I'll be honest, I'd watch the hell out of it. On Golf Channel, they have like, a, we used to have it on all the time at when I was at B-Dubs when I was working. They would have people go to, like these guys go to Golf and they'd have like Top Golf leagues where they would put you in these different scenarios, and you'd have to score as many points as possible. It was fun as hell to kind of keep tabs on while you're working. And I really enjoyed it.
1: But, sort of like bowling leagues, but with golf.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would I would consider doing something like that. Now, I wanna I wanna let everybody know one, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. And if you're listening on podcast, we thank you just the same. Now, like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, do all those fun things. Let me tell you, we got a lot of fun stuff. I just finished, Dave my scouting report on Oregon quarterback, Bo Nix this afternoon.
1: That name is familiar.
0: Oh boy. Anybody who says he should be a future quarterback of an NFL franchise. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of questions for you because I gave him a fourth round grade. And when we, when we talk about Bo Nix in depth, we're going to have a separate show and it's going to be out to all of our premium subscribers first, and then everybody else will get the chance to watch it. So if you want to join and get the perks, including ask Davey Chains, ask Patrick Harms, they have joined the show, and they have had conversations with us live. You're able to do that when you join those tiers, and it's an easy way to financially help the show. If you can't help the show, like, comment, subscribe. It does wonders for us as well. We greatly appreciate you. Now, Dave, now that we know that Bo Nix is a bad quarterback, let's talk about um, let's talk about some more things. But Osway has a happy birthday, and asked if I had decided on what I want to eat. Dave, what should That's I right. eat? Let's 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 talk Tomorrow. about what should I eat on my birthday. Anything you want. That's a cop out answer. I'm asking you for specifics here.
1: <laughs> That's what I was. I I grew up that way. You always got to pick your birthday meal. Uh, I had my kids pick their birthday meal no matter what it was. Steak and lobster. Mmm, pepperoni spaghetti. Whatever it was that was their favorite. Macaroni and cheese. We got that. When you have young kids, you'll get macaroni and cheese. Um, whatever it is. I I don't know your tastes.
0: Yeah, I like seafood. I like meat. <sighs> I init- oh, So we're going to Smack Shack with my parents on Friday. I'm debating if I want to do seafood again tomorrow night because my wife suggested Cove in Wysetta, which is like seafood. It's kind of like higher end. I mean, hell, I'm wearing a Bush Light shirt right now. I should. Norse Feast. Thank you. That was very kind of you to get those memberships. Um, very much. Nice. I will say, I w- like. I'm thinking maybe seafood, but I also feel bad because I don't want like my wife to be spending a fortune on my birthday dinner. Um, say, that's kind of a there's rule. nothing
1: wrong with surf and turf. Oh,
0: I do love a good steak, but mm-hmm. surf and turf at this place is like sixty bucks, and it's just like <sighs> we did. Um, we got those hex clad pads from Gordon Ramsay, mm-hmm. and. What, and I made steak in them with uh, a little bit of olive oil and then butter um, and then rosemary over the top and whole cloves of garlic. So after I flipped the ribeyes, I dropped in seven cloves of garlic, a sprig of rosemary, and then right as they're about to be done, I dropped in half a stick of butter and just basted it. <sighs> <laughs> that was incredible. So, I, I'm still debating. I, I We did ribs on Sunday. Had a bunch of friends over. I smoked three racks of ribs, and they were fantastic. Justin um, says, you know it should be steak. I, I love steak, and I eat steak a lot. But I almost prefer to cook it myself mm-hmm. than go and get it. Because I I can cook steak as good as anybody else. I know how I like it. I know... I know my utensils. I know my machines like my grill, my smoker, my my pans at home. I know how to do that. I would rather spend the 20 bucks on the steak and then like make my mashed potatoes and spend less than 25 bucks rather than spend 50 bucks going out and having somebody else make it for me. You know, so like when I go out, I would prefer to get something I'm not going to eat at home or cook myself. So like fried chicken wings. Air fried chicken wings just don't do it the same. You gotta <laughs> have them. Fried. You just do, and it's it's not that air fried wings aren't good. And I know, I know you guys love these food conversations, so we're keep going. Listen, I will go to Golden Corral. If, I think my wife might look at me like you're an absolute moron. <laughs> um, Red
1: Lobster, all you can eat shrimp. Before, I think, and before it goes dark. away.
0: I think it's done. Somebody confirm that for me because I'm not going to spend the time looking, looking it, at it. It may be
1: done. They lost a
0: boatload of money
1: in the last quarter, and they said they were going to end it.
0: Yeah. The, oh, the endless shrimp only goes for like a month, but they do um, endless shrimp um, for like lunch. Um. Or or is or they like have like a it's like a Monday special where you only get like three different types to choose from, but it's endless. Um, so the, but like the gimmick of endless shrimp is I believe it's only like a month long. I don't know. I, I well, okay, I'll I pick get, you up. That. Get I will, what you I want, but I don't know what I want. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> like barbecue, I yes, just if you're in Texas, uh Texas barbecue house. Oh, oh mm, mm,
0: mm. I want to go I want to go to Franklin's very, very badly. I've I've only been to Texas once and we we focused more on Tex Mex. We hit a couple spots and it was oh buddy, was it good? Um there was this local spot where it it was in Richardson. Um I have a buddy who lives up there and Oh, man. It was so good. It was so good. We, I think I had like six margaritas, um, all with fresh lime juice. It was just nuts. Um,
1: Freddie asks, getting back, since you're being indecisive, nothing wrong with margaritas, by the way. mm Freddie asks, favored by three over the Raiders, do they cover?
0: I think if they win, they do. Um, I think at worst, it'll be a push. Three is a really tough line to judge because a lot of games are decided by a field goal. And if you get a field goal, like at worst, it's going to be a push. So if the Vikings win or lose, or if they win by a field goal, you just get your money back. No, that's fine. Three and a half is where I really struggle because if you win by three, you lose your money. Like I'm, I'm out on that. But I, I think I would take the Vikings to cover. I have not, de- I have not decided fully on how I'm gonna uh, play the game from a gambling standpoint yet. But I'm leaning towards the cover for the Vikings, the minus three. Um yes, Freddie, it has turned into the Gordon Ramsay combo because food rules. And I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna I end guarantee up guarantee you the big round bellies love their steaks. Oh yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. So I, I think we're gonna end up going to Cove. And it was the wife's idea. And, I, and I felt bad because like some of these prices are pretty heavy, but they do have um a raw bar and i like the raw bar. Well, Gary
1: says sushi. That was his ex- suggestion.
0: Oh no. Um i'm not talking sushi. Give me oy- oysters, man. I'll I'll Ooh. do I'll, I like doing like two oysters because yeah, i like oysters. Um but yeah, it's uh a, it's a, it's a good spot. It looks like a really cool spot. Um I love clam chowder. A bowl of clam chowder is $18, Dave.
1: 18. <laughs> um, Gary asks Has KOC ever benched anyone? That's a great question.
0: I've seen guys sit out for like a while. Um, I don't know if he's actually benched anybody. I think Ty Chandler got benched. Um, but yeah, I'm not 100% sure if he's done that. Um, all right, a couple more birthday, <laughs> birthday and food questions, and we're gonna go uh, we well, got we have asks, three more is
1: it a big birthday are you turning 50? I don't know.
0: I'm turning thirty four um <laughs> I know you want me to be old like you dave, but i I've got a little ways to go um i'll kind be thirty four to go yes um and then yeah i think I think we're gonna end up going to Cove because the Vikings I were loose get, yeah. Ooh, I can get a lamb shank.
1: Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Dr. Proto, damn California price. You got that right. Cross the board. <laughs> <laughs> Todd. <laughs> I was just kidding him, Todd. But we should get back to football. Will the Vikings score 50?
0: No. No, they won't. 30? Uh, do you know how hard it is to score fifty points in the NFL? Uh, I think the only team to do it this year was the Dolphins, and they somehow put up seventy. Um, Freddie, I am not Gen Z. I'm I'm I don't even consider myself like when people talk about millennials being like entitled and stuff, I like I'm technically a millennial, I think, but or maybe it's Gen Y. But no, you're uh, a millennial. I, yeah, I'm I don't consider myself entitled for anything. Like I grew up um Blue collar parents, like you earned your stuff. And I truly believe that. And that's why I work like 85, 90 hours a week doing this because you got to earn it. And you got to not just earn it, but you got to earn it every day. You got to earn it every single time that you're doing this. And the, one of the reasons I start talking about food is because you guys are just fun and you got like the conversations become fun. And I think that's. One of the reasons why I really do enjoy this show. But if they had like a high-end buffet, like a Vegas buffet, I think I'd do a buffet tomorrow because then I can just get a lot of stuff. Maybe I'll look at Mystic Lake. Though. Let's, let's look at that. Um, can they score 30 against the Raiders? I think so. Um, Dobbs needs to figure it out. And let's, let's talk about it. Can he take a step forward, Dave? What do you think? Like, how how confident are you that Dobbs is going to be able to take a positive step?
1: I'm pretty positive. They talked today how he sat down this last week. If if you watched Kevin O'Connell's presser today, one Kevin O'Connell looked like he hadn't gotten any sleep in the last, over the entire bye week. He was hoarse. He looked exhausted. But they supposedly sat down and watched film together and figure out what is best for him. They're ta- they're tailoring I think from what he said, what I gleaned from what he said, they're trying to tailor more to what makes him comfortable and what fits in the KOC offense. So if he can do both of that, keep both hands on the football at the same time and not throw stupid interceptions or have wide receivers drop or bounce balls off their hands, I think he's fine. I think he's Good. Now, there was one key phrase during today's press conference is KOC was talking about when he's in trouble and he wants to run, he wants to either run forward or sideways. Mm -hmm. But Dobbs has been what they got him over the last couple weeks and especially in the last couple games, and especially against the Bears, was that they figured out if they can come up through the gaps at him, he does not run forward, find a hole forward, or run sideways. He runs backwards. Mm-hmm. And they want to get, well, if he needs to escape, let's escape sideways, either direction, or see the hole in front and then step into that. If if we can meld those, fix those little mistakes and meld of what he's comfortable with, with what KOC is comfortable with, I think this offense can take that next level up to where that we could move the ball almost at will. heard that yesterday. It would be nice to be able to move the ball at will, especially with how good our defense is. If they can do that, I think we're going to be happy the rest of the season. The question is, that's a big if. Well, we won't know until we watch him. So yes, George, believe is the key word. Do they believe he can do that? Do we believe the team can pull that out? I'd not sure. But if they can, this'll be fine. And we can get back to the 30 points. And if we score 30 points, we win. Uh, our defense is too good not to overcome that against the Raiders. And most teams were going to play the rest of the season until we get to the playoffs. If we can score 30 every game, we're going to win. So they've got to be able to do that until we get in the playoffs. And then,
0: then, the, then that ratchets up. Yeah. I, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with Josh Dobbs. What are the Vikings going to do with Josh Dobbs, Dave? Are they going to implement some plays that accentuate some of the positives that Kirk Cousins doesn't bring? Are they going to emphasize the mobility um, with a bye week? And I've opined on this before. I'm very curious because the Vikings had no run plays. None of that kind of stuff in the playbook with Kirk Cousins or even Nick Mullins. And I don't think they're installing any of that stuff for Jaron Hall unless it's like a, a game week. But With Dobbs, he's trying to learn the offense on the fly. Are they going to want to add some of that stuff? Well, he's not even comfortable with their core concepts and make the whole team learn something. That's why I think that they weren't doing a lot of it early on. And the counterpoint to that is very simple. Most of these guys have run RPO concepts before. They have run... like. Uh, the um, read options. They've run quarterback power. It's none of these are foreign people understand what they are, but doing it at the NFL level with all the verbiage of the Kevin O'Connell playbook, are you going to want to implement all of that? When you're looking at at a situation here where Dobbs doesn't even know the basic place. And that's not Dobbs's fault. And I, that's part of the conversation too. Dobbs is learning, and it's totally fine that Dobbs is learning because he didn't know the plays at all. And now that you've had time, you've had time to get situated. You've had time for Dobbs to get acclimated with the playbook. It's been almost a month and a half, okay? Six weeks. So in that six weeks, how comfortable is Dobbs going to be? You should feel pretty comfortable by now. And I'm not going to say it should be elite. I'm not going to say he should run the offense like Kirk Cousins, that kind of precision. Those are unfair expectations. The reality of the situation, Dave, is that the Vikings are playing with house money. This season is essentially essentially ended when Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. That doesn't mean you can't have fun. That doesn't mean you can't make the playoffs and make a little noise and build up some momentum for the future. The idea of potentially winning a Super Bowl with this team, like it kind of died when he tore his Achilles. And that's not to be negative. That's not to be anything other than, look, we're just being real here. And anything that they do in a positive manner is house money. It's awesome, it's fun. But we also shouldn't all of a sudden raise our expectations because our quarterback play is still going to be below average. Average Vikings. It's that that's just how it is. Unless we get some form of Josh Dobbs that we have never seen before, where he just elevates to an entirely new level. And that's just a fact. And it's okay. It's okay. That Dobbs is just average. It's okay that the Vikings may finish nine and eight or eight, and nine, considering all the adversity they've dealt with. You know what that adversity is going to do really well. It's going to help us moving forward. It's going to help this team continue to build that culture that has already paid massive dividends, and it's going to help this team potentially win that Super Bowl. It just won't be this year, and that's one of the reasons why I said, hey, let's start Jaron Hall, because I think there's an untapped ceiling, or I think there is one for Dobbs and Mullins, but we also don't know what this team's ceiling is right now, because the idea of what Dobbs can be has not been fully tapped into yet. And he has not had Justin Jefferson on the outside to work with. You give him Jefferson, you have a healthy offensive line. You have a running game that isn't complete dog water. They've struggled, but they also faced the number two run defense, the NFL last week in the Chicago bears. Now you go against a Raiders team. Who's at best average on defense. You can take advantage of some of those things. And now that you had Jefferson, Maybe you can do better in the run game. So I want to see how Dobbs handles this. And maybe that ceiling's a little higher than I'm leading, leading on. Maybe it is. But I'm looking at it where the season ended with Kirk Cousins. Oh, excuse me. We need to take a, a drink out of the turf mug from Fargo, North Dakota.
1: <laughs> While you do that, I'm looking up. DVOA has the Vegas Raiders. 24th against the run and 18th against the pass. So averages 23rd and, and overall. That's
0: fine. that's fine. I think the big thing here though, with the Vikings, you got to see what it's going to look like with a top echelon receiver back on the field. And if Dobbs stinks in the first half. If he just has another bears game in the first half, guess what? You're probably getting Nick Mullins. I think Dobbs is, they're going to continue to roll with him but he has to step up. It's like when you're at a job and you've been given like an opportunity to like try for a promotion and you just drop the ball initially. Well, there's going to be some expectations that you struggle initially in a new position, okay? And they're going to be like, "Hey, listen, we're going to continue to give you this opportunity, but we need to see improvement. If we don't see improvement, we're going to move in a different direction." And I think that's where Dobbs is right now. I want to see some more elements of what makes him good. I want to see more elements of him on the move. I want to see more elements of him trying to make things happen. If we can see that, I think that the Vikings could do some damage. We'll find out. But the big thing there, Dave, is Justin Jefferson. That's number four. We know that he's practicing in full. We've known that he potentially could have played two weeks ago against the Bears. But he didn't. And is he going to come back at full strength? I, we believe he is. But what does that look like? Is he going to be on a pitch count? Uh, how is the hamstring going to respond to this type of work? Practice work and game work. You can try to emulate pre- uh, game work in practice. You can't. You just can't. So how is that going to manifest itself? I'm very intrigued to see what happens here. I think Jefferson's going to be just fine. And I'm not saying any of this to be negative. I'm not saying any of this where you need to be worried about Justin Jefferson's health. The Vikings have handled this incredibly well. Be careful with your superstar player. Yeah. He may have been frustrated that he wasn't on the field and that's okay. Why? Because it's about making sure he's a hundred percent. And it looks like he has been
1: two months. So. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm guessing if it was a playoff game, he might've been back after um, the four games. Like if, if you were going to the wild card, I think you're playing him Um, or he's at least dressing. And you're going to kind of see how things go throughout the course of the game, get him treatment, get him continuously working on the bike, keeping that thing loose, rubbing it down. I think you're playing him, but you didn't have to in the regular season. And at that point, The Vikings look done. One in four. Not great. But things are different now. The Vikings have a chance to the playoffs. And history has proven time and time again, if you make the playoffs, you can win. The Vikings almost beat the Eagles on the road. They beat the 49ers at home. A healthy Vikings team with this defense might be able to make some noise. And even after all I said about it being house money and the season was over, there is still that little shred of hope and understanding that that could happen. That's why they're still trying to win. And if they do, it's going to be a season to remember. And if they don't, we had a good time. And I think that's the big thing. All right. One more topic. And then I got to go get down to my doggies. Um, Odie did not come up here with me today because I did not want him peeing on my carpet again. Just put Um, your
1: pants down. He'll pee on those instead. Uh,
0: I want to pee on my pants again. Uh, No, I don't want to pee on my pants, Dave. Uh, (laughs) All right. The Vikings need to control Devontae Adams. And Aiden O'Connell is a rookie quarterback out of Purdue, fourth round pick. Honestly, if you want to talk about his play style, it's Jimmy G. He doesn't have a strong arm. Jimmy G, Brock Purdy, he's that type, he's that arch type. He's going to throw accurately. He's going to throw with precision. He does not have a great arm. And you're going to have to find a way to help him out with the scheme, help him out with the receivers, give him windows to throw the football, and keep him clean in the pocket. While the Vikings are going to throw a lot of confusing stuff at him, and they're not only going to throw confusing stuff at him on the back end, they're going to blitz into oblivion. And they're going to make him make those big boy throws. And I I think you didn't want to do with Bryce young because he's shown a lot of tentativeness in the pocket and not being able to process things quickly enough. So why give him opportunities to potentially burn you when you're playing um, zero coverage? O'Connell has already shown the ability to take advantage of things down the field. And he's already shown the ability to stand in the pocket and deliver in tight windows. So that is where you want to take advantage. You want to blitz. The Vikings are the number one blitzing team in the nation or not the nation in the league. They're number one in sending six-man pressures and five-man pressures, and they're also number one in sending three-man pressures. This defense is all kinds of messed up. If you have not read the Kevin Seifert article, from, it was either Monday or last week about the defense and how it has never been done before. Look, you hire a guy and be like, oh, he's going to run this defense, and we all thought he was going to run the Belichick stuff, and a lot of the core principles are holding true, but he's doing all kinds of wonky stuff. Um, He's doing stuff Pat Narduzzi was running in the college level at Pitt that was helping them um, be really successful.
1: Only modifying it to the pro level. And it's basically when we talk, what defense are you running?
0: 3-4-4-3.
1: This is basically a 6-1-4.
0: I'm running the FU defense, baby. (laughs) Basically, it's what it is.
1: And when when I told people... When I told people, no, 614. And when I told them that, they go 614. And I go, yeah, and not all those six are big ground belly defensive linemen and edge rushers. He's mixing it with tweener guys like Metellus and Hitman and whoever coming down into onto the line and they're messing with quarterbacks and offensive coordinators heads and o-lines heads as who do we block? Who's rushing? Who's not rushing? Oh, shit, they're all rushing. Oh, shit, all of them drop back except for three. Oh, shit. And you're getting a whole game of, oh, shit, by the offensive side. And that messes with them, and that's led to the success. And nobody else has done that. And one of the keys to what Flores has done is generally when you have that many guys up front, you're playing man on the back end. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not playing man on the back end. He's playing zone, baby. He's worked out some zone rules for it, and they're playing zone, which is messing with quarterback's reads and wide receiver reads, and it's just, it's, Norsevius would know this, Gary would know this, it's a term we use in the military, and it's mind followed by an expletive. And he's doing that to the offensive side of the ball. And it's 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 so cool to see because it's never been done before, not at this level. And he is literally doing something that is new in the NFL. And that is surprising because everything is done over and over and over and it's cyclic from 3-4 to 4-3 to 3-4. You know, it's gone all that way. And then suddenly we're now to something new. And to me, if we make the playoffs, which I believe we will, and then we have that chance, just like, you know, you barely get in, but you have a chance, and there's been teams that barely get in and yet win it, I think that's the key. Because what do they say? Mm -hmm. Offense wins games, but defense wins championships. And I think we're at that could be, could be at that special moment where all this comes together. If our quarterback, third one of the season, Josh Dobbs, can figure it out. Him and Kevin mm-hmm. O'Connell on the offensive side. And hopefully Justin Jefferson is the key to that.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. And guys, that's our show. Thank you very much for joining us here tonight. We're gonna have more this week. Dave is gonna have on the podcast feed, the NFC North Roundtable show. And we're also gonna have more from uh Justin Day of Purple and Gold for days, as well as Sun Saturday afternoon at four PM Central time during the Army Navy game. I'm a little surprised that Dave is gonna be recording during the Army Navy game. I know I know you're an Air Force guy, but I, I, I do know that I'm Navy and Air Force, Army. <laughs> Navy and Air Force are tighter than Army and Air Force. So look. At, look at the end of the day, Air Force is taking home that Commander in Chief Trophy. I think they beat both Army and no Army beat Air Force.
1: Yeah, the Air I Force hasn't been that. good in the last couple of years.
0: Air Force went eight and four, Dave. That's a good Air Force team. I, I hey, I watch Air Force football. Thank you. I don't. Air Force. Fun. <laughs> um, I, they, I care more about play, their hockey. Believe it or not, they still run the triple, and it's good. Um but we'll have two old bloggers Saturday afternoon at four, and then we'll be here for two-minute warning in the postgame show on Sunday before Monday and Wednesday next week, the real Forno show. And after the holiday season, we're gonna ramp up a lot of that draft coverage. We're gonna talk about prospects. We're gonna we're gonna have short shows, like 10, 15 minute shows, talking with somebody about a single prospect. We're gonna have a lot of fun stuff. Those are gonna be fun. Potentially. I think we're I think we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a live NFL draft show. I think. Hey, yeah, we a-
1: I'm up for it. Hey, we I am seen- hoping one other one other show this week. I'm hoping for. I'm trying to get the Raiders Insider. Um, he's a beat writer for the Raiders to do a crossover show. That's in the works. I'm not guaranteeing it, but that's in the works. If we can get it, you'll have that probably Friday if we do. Bingo! Bingo!
0: Thank you for joining. Bo Nix should not be the Minnesota Vikings quarterback. You share that on social media. I already tweeted it. I'm Tyler. He's Dave. And the one thing we always say, Skull Vikings, baby.
1: And for this weekend, go Army, beat Navy. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. On behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.